You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. So, uh, spiritual boot camp. This is the uh, second week of the series. The book of Ephesians, it serves as a believer's boot camp teaching the church that we are well equipped with spiritual weaponry. We are the body of Christ. We are the army of God. We are not weaklings at all. If we are serious and we learn and we grow, we are built for the battle. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm built for the battle. How many believe this morning that victory is ours uh, if we fight for it, amen? Uh, Amen, come on, give God a hand clap. Victory is ours if we fight for it. One more time, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you wanna fight. Ephesians, listen, the book of Ephesians, if, if I was to be honest with you, it is a serious training for serious Christians. If you're not serious, if you have no desire to grow, no desire to become any stronger, if you just wanna wander around through life in the wilderness, uh, then this book is not for you. Uh, But if you've been fed up, uh, if you are tired of the enemy knocking you down and you wanna become serious, this is a serious book that will help you. So in chapter one, uh, as we studied last week, Paul begins our training by talking about the riches and the resources of God, but those resources have now been given to you and I through the new birth when we come to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. There's like a deposit made from heaven above into our spirit man, but we've got to water that, we've got to learn, we've got to teach and train. Somebody say amen. So let me give you just a couple bullet points. Uh, The blessings of God, and I believe I heard uh, Pastor Kerry say something uh, similar to this this morning. The blessings of God are a finished work. It happened on the cross. And we possess them as believers, but we have to fight for it just as Joshua had to fight in the Old Testament for his promise. So in Ephesians chapter one, verse five, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. God predestinates us for great things. And as you know, my, my wife and I, we, we like to encourage people and man, we pulled up, I, I, I'm, I'm not on a diet, I'm on what my wife would call healthy living. So we was on Bridgeport Hill yesterday and and I was hungry and I needed some healthy living. And I remembered that Long John Silvers, uh, (laughs) my goodness, they've got one of the best healthy meals you can eat. It's grilled salmon on rice with green beans. $11.99, this is a Long John Silver commercial, all right? And it is good. So I pulled up to the window and I'm used to, excuse me, younger generation, hello, can I help you, you know? And this young man was full of life. My goodness, he was full of life. And I pulled up to the window and I said, sir, young man, I said, with that personality, and if you work hard, 
I said, God's going to do great things in your life. See, trying to encourage, trying to encourage. And that's what we're doing today is trying to make you realize that you have been predestinated to great things. But greatness will never come if you just sit back and do nothing. But if you will receive what God has for you and learn and not only be fed by me, but learn to feed yourself, God has already predestinated you for greatness, but all you gotta do is realize it and grab a hold of it and activate it and watch God do great things in your life. Anybody in the house would like to have some greatness in your life, give God a hand clap. Woo! So if God has already predestinated us, this tells me the fight is fixed. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, the fight is fixed. So if the fight is fixed, then there's nothing that the enemy does to you that can do to you and I that will stop what God has already done on the cross. And at the tomb that we're about to celebrate, the resurrection, the devil can't stop what God has already done. The victory is ours, and all we've gotta do is claim it. That ought to excite somebody in God's house. Woo! So the resurrection of Jesus Christ is to us as the crossing of the Red Sea was to Israel. And when you think about that, Israel, was held captive in Egypt for over 400 years. And God's heard their cry and God made a way through the Red Sea. And that Red Sea parted and they walked through it. What tremendous, can you imagine how the water was walled back? But the same power that walled that water back is the same power that resurrected Jesus from the tomb. They thought he was dead. All of Satan and hell was celebrating, but brother, the work wasn't finished. It started on the cross, but it was finished at the resurrection. And Jesus arose from the grave. And you and I, through the new birth, have that same resurrection power. We gotta learn about it. We we gotta understand it and we gotta activate it and then you gotta walk in it. Somebody give God a hand, clap and a shout of praise. Woo! Listen to me, God is so good. It is our point of reference for God's power in our lives because death is the greatest enemy that you and I will ever confront. Do you hear me? So now let's start Ephesians 2 and 1. And you, and I underline that, hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, dead in their sins. Men here, immoral actions were a part of their life, following the lead of the devil rather than being follow, uh, leading by God. Listen to me. This verse highlights the impact of sin. My friend, sin causes death. Sin looks good. Sin may feel good for a while. But friend, it will turn on you. Do you hear me? The devil will never tell you the end result. You understand? This verse highlights the impact of sin. In Romans 6 and 23, for the wages of sin is death. 
But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I don't know about you. Nothing about death excites me. But everything about life excites me. I didn't see you. God bless you, Terry. Good to see you. God bless you. Someone give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. 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 So even as saved believers, man, grab a hold of this. We still struggle with sin and disobedience. Sometimes in churches growing up and being around the country in different churches, if a saint of God sins, man, it's over. They're done, you know, but that's not grace. That's not great. There's always consequences. First John 1 and 8 said, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So let's go back to Ephesians 2 and 1. And I said, I underline it. And you, you have the same resurrection power in you. Do you hear me? You have the same resurrection power in you. So here's the truth. We are born with a self-centered, me-first identity. We are born with a self-centered, me-first identity. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he really knows you. <laughs> Look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, the world does not revolve around you. Huh. Woo! Some of you been wanting to tell your neighbor that for a lifetime. These things just come to me in my office and I write them down. So this is the very essence. All right, quit looking at that person. This is the very essence of the sin nature because it's about us. God's purpose for our lives as is that we have a God identity first, a God identity. This goes against what we have, it's pride. In James chapter four, verse six, and I don't think I gave it to the media team, but God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble, unto the humble. Matthew chapter six, verse 33, but seek you first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. All these things, let's, let's, let's put that into perspective. Let's not take it out of context. These things are the basic needs of life. And all my life, as we sing here, he has been faithful, Bob. All my life. He wants us to trust the heavenly father to provide, to provide what is needed in our life. Jesus is teaching us here, Pursue God's kingdom. What are you pursuing in life? Trust, he's teaching here, trust in his righteousness. And he's teaching here he'll take care of us. He knows our needs, Rosie. He'll take care of us, he's faithful. But you know, he also knows the desires of our heart, amen? So whatever you want, I pray you write this down. Whatever you want God to bless, Put him first in that area. Whatever you want God to bless, put him first in that area. If you want God to bless your family, put God first in your family. If you want God to bless your career, put God first in your career. If you want God to bless your finances, 
Put God first in your finances. And I can go on and on. Whatever you want God to bless, put God first in that area. Because I didn't say it. He said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Whatever you want. Do you really think that you can do it faster? Do you really think you can do it better than what God can do? So I'll give you an example. Years ago, church was growing and I was determined we were getting over the hump of 450,500. And we'd get there and we'd go backwards. And I was determined, oh, I'll try this, oh, I'll try that. I got a phone call and Pastor Wright was in Charleston and he said, I can't make it to Trinity Assembly of God tonight, but I want you to be there. Can I tell you the truth? I didn't want to go there. But you've heard him preach before and you can't tell him no. And I said, yes, sir, I'll be there. And I didn't want to go. But I went and they had a full house, not an empty seat. And I sat in the back row. And honestly, I didn't know anybody over there at that time. And this prophet from South Africa is who Pastor Wright wanted me to hear. Andre Van Zyl, about six foot five, maybe six, seven. He gets up and he starts to speak and he stops and he looks back and he said, man of God, come here. I'll just sit there. I said, there got to be a lot of men of God in here. I don't know that man. He said, man of God in the back. I turned around and see if anyone was behind me. <laughs> no, no, you, man of God. He had that accent. He said, come here. And I walked down front. And he began to read my mail on a microphone. And he said, man of God, you're a pastor of a church. And you're trying to grow this church. He said, you are trying to go this road. When you take this hand, your hands off of this, and this is just brief paraphrasing, his was anointed. And he had hands look like that long. And he said, God will paint this and bring it into a beautiful picture like a rainbow and he will grow it. And I left there and I said, God, my way ain't working. God, I can't do it better than you, and I can't do it faster than you. I don't know how long it was after that. Nancy brought the mail and laid it on my desk, and there was a Christian magazine, and on the front cover, it had a picture of a new church facility in Lake Charles, Louisiana. And the Lord in my spirit said, go visit that church. Uh, Pastor Carey and Rusty and David Hudson, and I, I can't remember if anyone else was with us. And we flew in in Houston, rented a car, drove from Houston to Lake Charles to see this church. I just thought, man, this church is beautiful. Maybe God's wanting us to build something that looks like this. I had no idea. So we walked in. God is my witness. You can ask Pastor Kerry, Rusty, or David. Met with the pastor there, and the sanctuary was beautiful and large. And I said, sir, we keep getting the 450, we keep getting the 500, and we go backwards. And I said, I don't know. And I, you know, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to get over that hump. And uh, I said, sir, uh, I don't know. You got any words for me? He said, well, yeah. He said, we went through the same process. He said, we just couldn't get over that hump. I said, what happened? He said, I brought in a guest speaker. I said, who was that? 
He said, Andre Van Zyl from South Africa. Rusty took off running. Didn't he, Carrie? He took off running. So what am I saying? God sent me halfway across the country to prove to me that his way is better and his way is faster. And that's a 100% true story. And I come home and I say, God, here it is. This is for you. So how did God just now speak to you? How did God just now touch your heart and what you're going through? Surrender. Quit trying to do it on your own because God can do it better and God can do it faster. Someone give God a hand clap of praise. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter two, verse one. Who were dead, who were dead. Death in scripture is separation. We were dead in the most significant way, spiritually dead. Physical death will silence the body. Do you hear me? It's coming. It's coming. Rusty and I had this discussion in my office before church this morning. Death, physical death is coming. We don't win, but it's coming. Spiritual death, silence the spirit. God help us to be spiritually dead, Terry. It's terrible. It will silence the spirit. So before Christ, we're walking around dead. We're dead. So if you're here this morning and you don't know God, physically you're alive. But spiritually, you are dead. And that's a terrible place to be. A terrible place. Ephesians chapter two, verse two. Where in times past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Ephesians two and two, because we were dead, listen to this, we tried everything possible to make ourselves feel alive. I can remember years ago, man, I had to have this, I had to have that. I had none of that stuff filled the void that was in my life. Nothing was wrong with those things. I still enjoy those things today, but it will not fill the void that is in your life. So basically, that's where sin comes from. But there's that nagging voice from God still saying to you, you're still empty. Anybody ever been there, huh? Come on, tell me the truth. Anybody ever been there, you're still empty. I'm thinking about this in my office this morning. Think about Michael Jackson. Think about Prince. Think about John Belushi. I can go right down the line. People that had millions upon millions, but there was still some emptiness in them. The things of God are the only thing that will fill you up. Anyone agree? Give God a hand clap of praise. So in that verse, Ephesians 2 and 2, it says the air. The air is the atmosphere where human beings live. In that verse, it says disobedience means to be totally non-compliant. The Old Testament would call it stiff-necked. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't be a stiff-necked. Ephesians 2 and 3 says children of wrath, warning against all, you know, some people just against everything that the Holy Spirit is, and you just, you just come against it, you deny it, you don't want no part of it. Paul refers to the sin-centered lives of his readers in the past tense. 
Those who live in sin follow two wrong things. They follow the way or the course of the world. In Proverbs 14 and 12, there is a way that seems right to a man, but it ends in the way to death. I met with a young lady this week that I want to sow into her life. She's so gifted and she's so talented. And I told her, I said, listen, don't follow the way. She's a freshman in, in, in high school. Don't worry about the culture. Don't worry about what people, if you get their likes. Uh, worry about if you uh, uh, get likes from God. Don't worry. Don't, don't go the way of the world. Go the way of God Almighty and the cross. And she's a freshman, but that's the same for everybody person in the house. Don't worry about everything else. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Somebody give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Listen to me. The second problem, those who live in sin, they follow the prince of the power of the air. This clearly is a reference to Satan. You either serve God or you don't. You're either for God or you are not. And if you are not for God and you are not serving God, you may not understand it, but you are serving the devil. Do you hear me? He, you're either for him or you're against him. There is no straddle in the fence. If you are for God, give God a hand clap and a shout of praise this morning. So the way we were Past tense, the way we were before Christ, we were ugly. Ugly, do you hear me? Look at your neighbor. Everybody's shaking their head, don't do that. Look straight back at me. The world system, <laughs> the world system surrounded us from the day we were born. We were imprisoned to our own nature, the nature of the enemy. Yet, somebody say yet. Yeah. We believers somehow manage to escape. Somebody say how. Yeah. Now that you ask, I'm gonna tell you. Ephesians chapter two, verse four. And every time I read these two words, honestly, if I'm in my office by myself, man, it hits me. But God, but God, man, I could, I could say it all day. It energizes me. But God, who is what? Rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Let's go right on to verse five. Even when we were dead in sins, remember before Christ, hath quickened us together with Christ. Here we go. By grace, Ye are saved. Two, two reasons, two reasons are given for God's change in our lives. Paul mentions God's mercy. And then Paul mentions God's great love for us. God expresses love, how? By saving you and I and people, humanity, from their sins. So the difference uh, between our unsaved and saved condition is clearly not based on our human effort, but it's based on the mercy and the grace of God Almighty. I didn't earn it, I didn't deserve it, but the Holy Spirit touched my heart, I humbled myself, I acknowledged my sin, and I cried out to God to 
forgive me of my sins. And now, friend, I am not alone. As the song said, I'm not spiritually dead. If you've done that, you're not spiritually dead. We are alive. We'll be alive forever in Christ Jesus. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Woo! We were born dead, but God quickened us. So let me talk just a moment about deliverance. When you think of deliverance, I want you to think of UPS or FedEx. Deliverance does, does not only start when the package is shipped to you, but deliverance is also when you receive the package. It's already been sent, but you gotta receive it. Do you hear what I'm saying? We must reach out and take a hold of the salvation. And then once we take a hold of the salvation, we gotta reach out and take a hold of the blessings that God has already provided for each one of us. When people become Christians, one of the hardest things is to retrain them not to continue in the world system. A lot of people get saved, they get saved just uh, so they can go to heaven. And they still walk in the world system because they've grown up in that system all their life and that's all that they know. And I'm even talking about church folk, church folk that are not serious about learning and changing, they will remain in that system. It took one night to get Israel out of Egypt. One night, but it took 40 years to get Egypt out of Israel. You may not have 40 years. Why would you just want to come to church on Sunday mornings to check off the box and not be able to perform and live in this world at a God level? Think about that. Think about that. Some of you are looking at your watch right now. You can't wait for me to shut up so you can go to tutors. Why'd you raise your hand, Rodney? If you're going to sit here, take something with you. Can someone say amen? I said, if you're going to sit here, take something with you, right? So sin is a heart issue. I tell my friend Joey Jenkins all the time, I lay my hand on his heart. He's been saved now about 10 years, but, but I've seen him grow more in the last year. And I, I know I'm not embarrassing him, but, but now he has a prayer life and now he has a devotion life. And I'm not saying he's perfect because uh, he's from Buck Cannon. He can't be perfect, <laughs> but he's growing, all right? Sin is a heart issue. You can't pee, excuse me, my mouth is so dry right now, I'm telling you. You can't fix people from the outside in. You hear me? Oh man, I ordered a bunch of new vests. I like these. $29 a piece on Amazon, is that where you got them from? $29 a piece. I like them. I was preaching over in Deep Creek, Maryland, and this guy, he, he, he come out and he said, he wasn't very nice. He said, is those Kohans? Co co Kohans? I said, yeah, he said, must be nice. Walked on out the door. I said, it was $40 at Gabe's. <laughs> Ain't that where you got them from? 40 bucks is somewhere. Where at Marshall's, Marshall's. You've been in one junk store, you've been in them all, right? <laughs> I can look good on the outside. But it don't work that way. You gotta work it from the inside out. You hear what I'm saying? Work it from the inside. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, work it from the inside out. Let's get back to Ephesians two and five. By grace, how many can be honest today and say, I'm here today because of grace, huh? Huh? 
Grace, maybe sometimes we get that misunderstood. Grace is not God's ability, God's ability to overlook sin. It's God's grace's ability that will give you and I the ability to live above sin. Huh? You write that down? 20 years ago, I made a statement in the pulpit, I sin every day. We're all sinners, I sin every day. Next day, I got a phone call from our oldest church member, which was with the Lord now, Claire Saylor. And I, I always knew when her phone came up, I was in trouble. And she said, Pastor Robert, you need to come see me at my house. I said, yes, ma'am. Can I come tomorrow? She said, I'd rather you come today. I said, oh God, yeah. So I went in, I sat down. She said, you made a statement yesterday in your message that you sin every day. She said, you are my pastor. You are a man of God. You ought not to be sinning every day. Do you understand? <laughs> I think maybe she took it out of the context just a little bit. And I said, yes, ma'am, it won't happen again. Okay. <laughs> so sometimes we, we sin and we make grace, grace, greasy grace, sloppy. God will forgive me. No, grace is the ability to live above sin. So I started to ask how many people did that statement hurt? But we better move on, right? Ephesians chapter two, verse six, we won't be much longer, but it is early. We'll get to tutors real quick. Ephesians chapter two, verse six, and hath raised us up together. Listen to this. And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Wow, wow. Raised us up together. I honestly believe you cannot really be blessed at the fullness of God's blessing outside of God's body. Raised us up. We need each other. Life groups walk through life together. People want to, uh, no, don't. That's not anointed. Made us sit together. So your victory depends on the body of Christ. The church should have a us mentality. Us. Not divided. That was never God's intent. This group came from Huntington yesterday, and I think they're fine people. And, and the first thing the man said, he wanted me to show him around. And first thing the man said to me, what denomination are you? And I said, I'm a Christian. And he said, well, you know what I mean, doctrine. And he wouldn't mean anything. So he kind of wanted to know a little bit about our church. But I honestly believe, and I'm not against any denomination at all. None, none. But we have been divided. The greatest army on the planet has been divided. So many times that has created weakness in the body of Christ, and that was never God's intent. Have no problem with the Baptist, with the Methodist, with the church. Hey, you don't want to sing with instruments? That's fine. I'll worship with you. You want to wear your hair in a bun? That's fine. I'll worship with you. Some of you guys would love to wear your hair in a bun. All right? <laughs> Stand with me. Stand with me. Stand with me. I shouldn't have said that. I should not have said that. I should not have said that. Please, please, please stay focused. Stay focused. <laughs> I'm telling you stay focused and I can't stay focused. All right? All right, listen to this. The devil constantly seeks to divide us. It happens here. 
30 years, man, trying to keep everybody happy. You know, some like this, some like that. You know, I learned a long time ago, never ask if the music's too loud. Oh, man, you talk about opening up a can of worms. Never ask if it's too hot. Boom, some's hot, some's cold. You know, you just don't do that. You just don't do that. The devil constantly seeks to bring division to the church. Why? Why does he do that? So God's presence and God's provision, God's power cannot be manifested in us. If we are not unified, God will not be there. Do you hear me? Ephesians 2 and 7, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Paul transitions from past to present and now to the future. One day, God will reveal all of the power and all of his glory and all of his grace. And what a day that will be. He said that in the ages to come, he might show. God likes to show. What about in the scripture where he said, take up thy bed and walk. He wants us to show that we can pick up the thing that once carried us and now we can carry that thing. So don't be ashamed or afraid of your testimony because God will use your testimony. Talk about your testimony. Let's go on to Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast by grace. Through faith, gift of God, not of works, God did it. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God did it. Ephesians 2 and 15, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law, somebody say law, of commandments contained in ordinance, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. Enmity is great hostility or extreme conflict. The law, the Old Testament, before Jesus, the law was the cause of hostility, but Jesus fulfilled the law and abolished the conflict. Ephesians 2 and 15, make in himself. Wow, Jesus became sin that we might become righteous. Do you hear me? Jesus became sin that we might become righteous. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Ephesians chapter two, verse 16, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them that were nigh, afar off Gentiles, uh, nigh Jews, now one body. Ephesians 2 and 18, for through him we both have access by one spirit Spirit unto the Father. Wow. Think about this word access. It depicts a formal entrance into the presence of a king or into the presence of deity. We have access to a king, the king of kings. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Woo! Let me wind it down. Hebrews 4 and 15, listen, for we have not a high priest uh, which cannot be touched uh, with the feelings of our infirmities, uh, but, but was in all points uh, tempted like 
as we are, yet without sin. Then it says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Our priest is the king of kings. His name is Jesus. He's seated at the right hand side of the Father, interceding on our very behalf. Let us come boldly. Let us learn the word of God. Let us learn what God wants. We got access. Come on, somebody give God a hand clap. Woo! Ephesians 2 and 19, are you getting tired? All right, Ephesians 2 and 19. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the house of God. Before Christ, Paul's Gentile readers were unknown outsiders. They had no connection to God and they were spiritually dead. And now they are fellow citizens is what he says. In the Roman Empire, I love this, Roman citizenship was very important. Now listen to this. Citizens of a nation mm, have rights and benefits which non-citizens do not enjoy. That's the way it was. That's the way it should be now, if you know where I'm headed. <laughs> citizens of this country ought to have some rights and some benefits that citizens from another. You know, if the White House wants to fix it, all they gotta do is go back to the word of God. Because in the Roman Empire, if you was not a citizen, then you didn't have the rights. Uh, but there was a way. Uh, you could come in the right way. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm not against anybody coming into our country, but I am for coming in the right way. Uh, somebody give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Woo! So a person could be born a citizen or could even earn a citizenship at a price. There's a price through salvation in Jesus. These Gentiles were now citizens in the family of God, the household of God. What are you doing? Let me ask you. What are you doing standing outside, ringing the bell when Jesus died to give you the key? Huh, think about that. Here, here's the illustration in my mind. I grew up at uh, Tetrick Road, and uh, I was the son of, of the late Bob and Anna Shingleton. And I'd get off the school bus, and I'd walk through the door. I didn't have to ring no doorbell. Are you kidding me? I had all the privileges because I was a part of that household. I had all the privileges, man. And when I got married and I moved out and I come back to visit, I didn't ring the doorbell. Are you kidding me? I walked in the house and I didn't have to open the refrigerator as soon as mom seen you coming. She got everything out, you know. Mom, we just came from Roadhouse, we're not hungry. Well, yes you are, sit down right over there, you're gonna eat but I had some privileges, do you hear me? You have been born again, you have been bought by the blood, you have been adopted, you are a child of God. Quit standing outside, ringing the doorbell, hoping that somebody might answer the door, hoping that somebody might feed you. Why don't you realize you are a son or a daughter of the Most High and you are a citizen, you got citizenship in the family of God. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Oh, my, my, my. 
If we don't get a piano player, I'm gonna kill myself. I'm gonna preach myself happy. Come, Pastor Kerry. They've been standing too long. They're looking weak. Huh? Listen, what are you doing standing outside? Ephesians 2 and 20 says, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Ephesians 2 and 21, in whom all the building, listen to this, because I didn't understand it, and I had to, had to look deeper in it. I want you to hear this. In whom all the building fitly, somebody say fitly, framed together. And now listen to this word, it says, groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord. You are not fitly framed if you are not growing in the Lord. I'm gonna say it again. Let me read that verse. In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord. We're the temple. We're the temple. It's gonna get personal right here. You are not fitly framed if you are not growing. So I got a question for you. How have you grown spiritually in your life in the last year? You answer. I'll close by saying this. We got to stay together. <laughs> Satan's only hope of overthrowing our faith is creating division. And that's what he loves to do. And we've been unified and we're going to stay unified. You hear me? We're going to learn. The more we learn, the easier it is to stay unified. Okay? All right? So you cannot love Christ without loving his body. Somebody... Somebody, uh, through, I think just through a lack of communication and, 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 and a lack of that on my part, torn me up on Facebook this week. And, and, and usually, you know, that, that would have really just torn me up from the floor up, but I knew my heart. And I made a phone call. I'm just telling you this to help you, okay? And, and I made a phone call not because, man, I mean, they tore me up, okay? But that's okay. Because my battles are not with flesh and blood. It's nothing but the enemy. And I learned from it, and hopefully they learned from it, okay? So you cannot grow if you don't love each other, even when it's ugly. You hear me? I'm telling you, I'm not getting in the pit with nobody. I ain't doing it. I used to try to defend myself. I ain't got to defend myself. I ain't got to fight my battles. I'm telling you this because you don't have to. When, when, when something goes haywire, a lot of you don't know what that means. When the train jumps the track, okay, hopefully that'll help you. Uh, don't get on Facebook, man. It hurts. I, I'm not on Facebook. People come to me and say, you know what, someone from your church, one of your people, I say, whoa, 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 whoa. Ain't my church and they ain't my people. They're God's church and God's people. But take the high road. Even if you got to humble yourself. And I said, hey, man, I was wrong. Let's, let's, let's work together. All right? I hope we can learn this. Jesus said in John 17, 20 and 21, neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one as the Father art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. A few years ago, I'd have retaliated. <laughs> and so that's why I ask you, how have you grown in the last year? Because honestly, this time, 
I just said, Lord, it's yours. And if you'll do that, the Holy Spirit will lead you. I was going to go a little further with this. How do we grow through the Spirit of God? In Philippians 3 and 3 says, we worship by the Spirit. And I don't want to keep us too long. How do we grow? In Galatians 5 and 25, it says, we live by the Spirit. How do we grow? In Galatians 5 and 18, it says, led by the Spirit. See, the world system would have me unleash something on it. That's the world system. But God's system, Pastor Aaron, suppressed that so fast. Done. I heard within minutes that post was taken down. Probably because some of you came to my rescue. I thank you. (laughs) But God, but God, but God. Ain't that what the scripture says? But God. So how do we grow? Galatians 5 and 16. We walk by the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2 and 13. We're taught by the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6 and 11. Walk, sanctified, and justified by the Spirit. Love each other. Love God. We don't have to fight our battles. We have two attorneys. Two attorneys. Mercy and grace. Doesn't the Bible say, surely goodness shall follow me all the days of my life. Put your hands together and bless the Lord. Come on, let's bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Come on, give him a shout of praise. Thank you, Lord. 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 Lord. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today, maybe you're a far off separated from God. You don't know Him. Maybe you know about Him, but you're just not walking in His grace and His goodness and His mercy. I'm not going to come to you. We're not going to drag you down here. We're not going to embarrass you. There's nothing embarrassing about it. I want to give you the opportunity before you leave today to ask Christ into your heart. Friend, you're either with Him or you're against Him. It's the bottom line. You either serve him or you don't. You either love him or you don't. Jesus said, if you love me, do my commandments. Follow me. So if you're here today and you've never made that commitment and you don't fully understand it, but you know there's a God in heaven and you want him to lead you and guide you through this life and in the life to come, would you raise your hand real high quickly? Don't be ashamed. Nobody's going, I'll see your hand, sir. Somebody else, somebody else, somebody else, somebody else. Somebody else, somebody else. I see your hand. Yes, somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. Don't leave without God. Don't do it. Don't do it. Somebody else. God speaking to your heart. That's the Holy Spirit guiding you, touching you, drawing you. Is there another before we leave? Every head bowed and every eye closed. Sir, would you raise your head and look right at me? I misspoke over there. I don't think I, I did see a hand. I think I seen somebody move, but whether I did or whether I didn't. You gotta be sincere about this. I ask you to take the person by the hand right beside of you. By doing that, you're making a public confession. Don't be afraid, that person's cheering for you. And pray this prayer with me and mean it from the bottom of your heart. Lord Jesus, today I pray 
and I ask you, God, to forgive me of my sins. And Lord, I ask you to cleanse me. I ask you to forgive me. And Lord, I'm sorry. I failed, I've fallen short. And I'm repenting right now. I'm turning from my ways, my plans to follow you. Jesus, thank you for dying on a cross for a sinner like me. Jesus, I love you. And I'm so glad that you love me. If you prayed that prayer, I wanna welcome you to the family of God. Whether you held somebody's hand or not, if you prayed that prayer, you're in the family of God. Now activate what God has given you and grow and learn. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 